present the program of the voice of prophecy a voice crying in the wilderness of these latter days prepare ye the way of the Lord we invite you to listen to our program and share with us the mutual blessing and inspiration of this hour together. merciful God, our Creator, Preserver, and Everlasting King. Of thy bountiful goodness, we beseech thee to make this international broadcast a rich blessing to all who hear it. May it bring new courage and point the way to thee, for in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Lead in the counsels of those in authority that true freedom may triumph and a righteous peace be established. Pardon our transgressions and teach us to do those things that are pleasing in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, 
hold us, who wait before thee, near to the heart of God. Greetings to our friends in all the world. We will have time today to quote from two stirring letters written to us by native men of Africa. The first one, written in good English, says in part, Dear Voice of Prophecy, I am a pagan in West Africa, but I do believe in the Supreme God. I want your help that I may be converted and become a Christian and not just a churchgoer. Another man, writing from Northern Rhodesia states, I am of a heathen family, but we want to know about God. I believe the Voice of Prophecy Bible Lessons will give us this knowledge of God. Will you please send us the correspondence course? Already, friends, 3,000 native men in Africa are reading the lessons and nearly 60,000 students are enrolled in the English or Afrikaans course. These free Bible correspondence lessons are being read with keen interest all over the continent of Africa. In the United States and the Western Hemisphere, free Bible courses in prophecy and the great Christian truths are available absolutely free in the English, Spanish, German, Italian, Portuguese, and Chinese languages. And translations from English into the Korean and Arabic have already begun, just think of it. There is no charge, no obligation for these free lessons, so write to us at once. It is the joy and the work of the Voice of Prophecy to bring to our listeners all over the world God's wonderful words of life. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life, sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life, offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful Now, the voice of prophecy. Some time ago, one of the leading religious weeklies said that the Ten Commandments speak not to Israel only, but to all the nations of the earth, that through them men might know the Lord, the God of love and holiness. This is true, and it would be good for every boy and girl in the land to learn the Ten Commandments at home. It would do parents good too, by the way. 
Most of the creeds and catechisms of the various churches uphold the Ten Commandments. Yet there are millions of people in our land today who know nothing about God's commandments. James Truslow Adams, historian, tells us, in the 1880s there was general belief in the Bible as the Word of God, and the people were taught that God gave certain commands, the Ten Commandments. Why do we not hear more of that teaching today? When Professor Paul R. Farnsworth of Stanford University asked three groups of students and teachers to rank the Ten Commandments in the order of their social importance today, they arranged them in almost the opposite order to the way they appear in the Bible. The first four commandments refer to man's duty to God, the last six to man's duty to man. But these university teachers and students put the last six first, making duty to man supreme. They put the command to worship the true God in seventh place. The Bible puts it first. They gave the command against the worship of idols eighth place. The Bible gives it second place. They put the command against taking God's name in vain tenth. The Bible puts it third. They gave the command to observe the Sabbath ninth place. The Bible gives it fourth, and so on. Isn't it likely that God knew where the different commandments belonged when he wrote them with his own finger on tables of stone? The first four commandments may be summed up under the heading love to God, the last six under love to man. And this is in harmony with the teaching of Christ, for when someone once came to him and said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? You remember he replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, Hang all the law on the prophets. I'm reading Matthew 22:37. According to Charles W. Stewart, superintendent of the U.S. Navy records, our American flag traces its colors back to Mount Sinai. So does the British flag and many others. Where God gave the Ten Commandments, these commandments were deposited in the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle, whose curtains were scarlet, fine linen, blue, or red, white, and blue. On the flag of the United States, the flag of Great Britain, the flag of France, in other countries, where a plant was decided to use this ancient combination of colors. The red is for courage, zeal, and bravery. The white is for purity, cleanness of life, rectitude of conduct. The blue is for loyalty, devotion, friendship, justice, and truth. A friend of mine tells of a certain minister in the West Indies who spoke against one of the commandments. When reminded that he had the law of God on stone tablets behind his pulpit, he said, Oh, that's only a part of the architecture. I'll have him taken out when we renovate the church. It was not long before the tables of the Ten Commandments were laid down as stepping stones in the minister's boathouse. Alexander Campbell, the mighty preacher, once said that the Ten Commandments are a synopsis of all religion and morality. He calls them the everlasting king. We read in Psalm 119, 142, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. One of our modern professors of religious education said, according to the public press, the Ten Commandments are not broad enough in industrial age. They're out of date. These are strange words, and the Bible prophecies picture clearly the very last Christians to live in the world as being those who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. So, hear the words the Savior has spoken. One, he 
God spoke the commandments with his own voice from Mount Sinai, so all the people below could hear them distinctly. And then he, not Moses, wrote them upon two tables of stone. In order to do what the commandments require, one must have life. And in order to be what they demand, one must have righteousness. The natural man has neither spiritual life nor righteousness. Therefore, the law of God condemns all men and shows us all that we must have the grace that is in Jesus Christ in order to be saved. In 1 John 3, 4 we read, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Grace does not do away with God's holy law, but only with a false relation of the sinner to it. It might be better said that we are saved not because we have kept the law, but in order to keep it. As we read in 1 John 5, 3, This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. The Apostle Paul asked the question over here in Romans 3.31 and then answered it himself. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. So then, you see all Christians who are saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2.8, should uphold the Ten Commandments in these days when sin is not unpopular among far too many people and when crime abounds in the earth. We have the example of our Savior who said, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now let us look at the Ten Commandments, one by one. The first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Remember, we're reading now in the 20th chapter of Exodus. Do we still need this commandment? We certainly do. Whatever holds the supreme place in a man's life is his God. The story is told that in a certain museum in China, there's an exhibit called the American God. And what do you suppose it is? A dollar bill, neatly framed. In his book, God and the Cosmos, Dr. Theodore Gravener tells us that some who set themselves up as teachers, many even as religious teachers, say that God is merely the spirit of the community. One of these modern leaders says, God is myself. Another says that he worships man. How would you like to pray to the spirit of the community, or pray to yourself, or to mankind in general? These are some of the false gods proclaimed by the wise men of these latter days. Some worship pleasure, others culture, reason, philosophy, or business. But all these things are as imperfect as men themselves. And he who trusts in them will be left at last without a light in the vacant and dark night. Until these words of the first commandment meet him in the judgment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second commandment, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. I shall not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, and so forth. Is there anything wrong with this commandment? Millions in heathen lands need to hear it. Jesus said, John 4:24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
All representations of the true God are, or false deities either, for that matter, are forbidden by this commandment. An idol image degrades God, it degrades man. The third commandment, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Has the world advanced so far that we do not need this commandment anymore? Has all profanity ceased in your neighborhood? Have men and women and children too ceased to take God's name in vain? Have they at last learned to honor the holy name of our Savior? Alas, how many millions violate this commandment every day? And how many do about the same thing with common slang? Let's remember what Jesus said to some careless talkers of his day. It's written here in Matthew 12:36. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Then he gives the reason for the making of the Sabbath. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. We live in a busy age. We need not only physical rest, but spiritual rest. We need the Sabbath, or God would not have made it for us. Jesus said it was made for man, you remember, and that he himself is the Lord of the Sabbath, Mark 2.27. It's the memorial of his creative work. It's also a test of man's willingness to recognize his creator's first claim to his time. Years ago, a young man about to leave his home to seek his fortune in the wild and unknown west was, was uh, talking with his dear ones. Last words were being said. Wagon train was ready to start. We're saying goodbye to each member, one after another. Last of all, he came to his old grandfather, who asked God to bless him, and then gave him this final advice. Look out for Indians. Don't lose your watch. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In Ephesians 6, 2, the Apostle Paul says that this is the first commandment with promise, and God will not go back on his promise. Children owe their parents love, obedience, respect, and helpfulness. Think of the happiness that obedience to this one commandment would bring to thousands of homes today. Then every day would be Mother's Day. Every day would be Father's Day. So, honor thy father and thy mother. Disobedience to parents is one of the ominous signs of the last days, according to 2 Timothy 3.1. Now the sixth commandment, Thou shalt not kill. This is the shortest of all the commandments. Having one letter less than the eighth commandment, God forbids murder, the unlawful taking of human life in private vengeance or otherwise. Do you know that there are at large in our land many thousands who have broken this commandment? Judging from past records, many thousands now living in our fair country will die at the hands of others. Crime has become a gigantic threat to civilization, from the first groan of Abel to the last prayer on the scaffold. This commandment comes thundering into the hearts of men, thou shalt not kill. The seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Do we need a greater regard for the sanctity of the home today? Do we need more honest obedience to marriage vows? Do we need more husbands and wives true to each other? What's the answer? 
You know the answer. It's yes. A thousand times yes. In Luke 17, 30, our Savior predicted a Sodom-like moral condition would precede his return to this earth. Now is the time for every Christian home to stand as an example of right living. Remember, you can't write sin in big letters without the law of God. This seventh commandment must stand or our civilization will not stand. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 14, 34. The eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal. According to press reports and police blotters, the world still needs this commandment. The varieties of thieves are almost endless. Pickpockets, purse snatchers, right on to men who steal widows' houses, children's education, banks, industries, the good names of their friends. Facing all the dishonesty of men are those four words of God, thou shalt not steal. The ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, forbids perjury, bribery, forgery, forbids libel, slander, backbiting, all sorts of false things. Remember, in Revelation 22:15, we're told that whosoever loveth and maketh a lie shall be outside the gates of the new Jerusalem. Now, the tenth commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, a neighbor's wife, manservant, maidservant, and so forth. Romans 7, 7 tells us the apostle Paul would not have known sin except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. God's commandments point out sin. If Paul needed this commandment, so do we. The reason why some people oppose the Ten Commandments is that their lives are out of harmony with God's will as expressed in them. The great apostle tells us in Romans 7:12 that the commandment is holy and just and good, and in verse 14 he says it's spiritual. So you see, our obligation is not merely to a law, but to him who enacted the law. All who are justified by faith owe a double allegiance to those Ten Commandments based on both creation and redemption. My dear friends, Christ will break the power of sin in your life. He will help you overcome all evil habits. If you will turn to God and call upon him in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, you will find the help that you need, and the Ten Commandments will become precious promises to you, for all God's commands are enabling. So by faith, Kneel at the cross where the old account was settled long ago and accept Christ's sacrifice which paid the penalty of a broken law for you. Some time ago, a ship struck a hidden reef, was going down. There was just time for all on board to get into lifeboats. As the last boat started away, the captain and mate, having seen all were safe, were standing in the gangway ready to leave. The great vessel was sinking fast, no time to lose. Just then the mate said, Captain, I've left my purse below. Let me go and get it. Man, said the captain, you have no time for that. Jump at once. Just a moment, captain. I can easily get it. And away he rushed. That instant, the ship slipped down. The ocean closed over her, and the air rushed from the holes. The captain was barely able to save himself as the vessel disappeared in the whirling vortex. After a while, the body of the mate was found with his hand tightly gripping his purse. When it was opened, how much do you suppose it contained? Exactly 18 cents. Friend... Don't risk your soul's salvation for 18 cents or for 18 million dollars. Eternal life is worth everything, so kneel at the cross. Christ will meet you there. Kneel at the cross, Christ will meet you there. 
and leave all our sin and care there. Jesus has promised to meet us there too. So come, friend, to the cross today. Have faith in God, whoever you may be. Have faith in God on land and on the sea. Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friend, in God.
shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.